Holy Ghost, Father, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. We just pray that, God, your spirit would come into this place. Lord, we just commit tonight to you. God, we commit the word of God to you. And, Father, we declare that, Lord, tonight our lives would be ignited, Father, with the greater hunger, with the greater passion for you, Lord. Father, with the greater desire to want to serve and connect in a greater intimacy with you, Lord. God, we pray tonight that, Father, our hearts and our spirits would be impacted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. You know, I'll just... uh, I'm excited about what God's doing, and I'm excited about, you know, where God is wanting to take us as a people, wanting to take us as a church, and uh, like how Dave was away last week, I was also away at a wedding in Queenstown, and, um, you know, I was, really, I was really looking forward to going because it was, you know, a family wedding, I hadn't seen my cousins for ages and things like that, and, uh, but when I got there, I was really quite surprised at what I saw. And, you know, I kind of expected that things would be the same, you know, when we were a little bit younger, we used to, you know, just, it was great. And so when we got there, and then when we got to connect with my cousins and stuff, I was actually quite shocked at just their lack of purpose, at their lack of, their lack of, you know, um, lack of passion for anything. And I started just to see just how much people, and these are people that would call themselves churchgoers, okay? And uh, so I just started to realize actually how much even though they call themselves churchgoers, how lost they were and how much they actually needed a touch from God, how much they needed the power of God to come and actually change their life. Because you see, when I saw them, all I saw was someone who was just living for the moment, was someone who was actually, you know, with a, with a drink in their hand and actually had no purpose, had no excitement, had no passion. And so I just started to make, I just started to think about it and just was actually really grateful to God that God, I am where I am, that God, I am in such a great church. That, God, I've been connected to such a great senior pastors with Mike and Joy. And I just started to realize how important it is for every one of us to evaluate our own lives. Because, you see, you could, it's very easy for us to come to church and start to think because we're at church because we do the Sunday thing. It's very easy to think that our lives are, are strongly connected to God. But, you know, friends, you can be at church and you can still be apart from where God wants you to be. You can be at church and lift your hands and jump around in the songs and still actually be a part from where God wants you to be. And so I just started to just evaluate my life. I was, God, always, God, just bring me to a place where my passion for you and my love for you and my hunger and my desire for you is always, always the focus of what I do. It's not about being a kid's pastor. It's not about the ministry, God. It's about my relationship with you. And so I just started to think about that and how started to wonder how many Christians are in church tonight. And actually, your passion for God is gone. Your excitement for the things of God is gone. When I talk about church, you think, oh, yeah, I better go because that's what we do on a Sunday. If there's a prayer meeting coming up during the week, and it means sacrificing Shortland Street on TV, or it means sacrificing spending time on the internet or with your friends, and you think, well, actually, maybe tonight I might just give that prayer meeting a miss. You know, I wonder how many people your passion for God is gone. Your passion for God, your purpose in life is actually just taking a walk away from you. See, tonight my message is all about keeping your passion with God alive. Because you see, friends, let me just explain this. Passion is not necessarily, this is part of passion. But passion is not just about how high you jump, how loud you speak, and and how much fun you seem like you're having. Passion is actually, for God, is actually an internal thing. It's actually about, you know, a hunger for the things of God. So if you've got your Bibles tonight, I said, have you got your Bible tonight? Well, that's good. We turn to Luke 14, verse 16. 
Who's hungry? I mean, you know, like you're actually hungry. Yeah, something that's good. Who hasn't had tea tonight? Good, because I've got a feast appearing on the uh, screen in a moment. So um, just get ready for that. Here we go. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he said to his servants to tell the guests, come to the banquet because it is ready. Have, because it is ready. But they all began to make excuses. One of them said, one of them said, excuse me. Another said that, I've, hang on, sorry, where are I? Where am I? Let's start again. I've lost my place. Come to the banquet because the banquet is ready. Here we go. Verse 18. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just brought a field and just and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another one said that I've bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. And another said, I've just had a wife. So I'm not coming. Found a wife. And then verse 21 says, the servant returned and told his master what, the, what they had said. And his master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and into the alleys of the town and invite the poor people, the cripple and the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still more room. So the master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you can find to come to the house so that it will be full. Verse 24. For none of those who I first invited will get to, he will even get a small taste of the banquet. You know, if I said to you that, that tonight we're going to have a banquet, tonight we're going to have a feast, and tonight on the menu we have, this is what you could have. Firstly, we have Big Mac burger, all the way from McDonald's. There it is. Or you could have roast meat. You know, any kind of roast meat you want. You can have a pizza. And for those who are very health conscious, you could even have a nice garden salad. And then to just wash all that down, we have a glass of Coke for you. And then for dessert, for those who are still hungry, and I'm sure whose mouth's watering right now because mine is and I can't even see it. And then for dessert, we can say, we've got an ice cream sundae for you. And again, for those who like fruit and, you know, are conscious of their weight, we have a lovely fruit platter. So I'm picking, if, that was, if, if I said to you, man, I'm going to invite you all to a banquet tonight. This is what we've got on the menu. How many would come? How many would be excited about that? Because I know whenever there's a party going on and there's food at the party, people are excited. People, people are like, man, they're marking it on their diary. They're like, man, are you coming to the party? I haven't been invited. Oh, well, never mind. How about you? Are you coming to the party? Yeah, I've been invited. Oh, I can't wait. Because, man, you want to see what's on the menu. And it's like, oh, you know, you just, oh, man, just inside. Imagine if I, I was going to, I actually thought about getting a table and actually having all that food here. But I decided not to. Because it would be too tempting. And so then I started to think about another menu that we have every day put in front of us. Another menu that someone who loves us so much presents to us every day. And on this menu, we have, number one, we have the Word of God. On this menu, on, second on the menu, we have prayer. Third on the menu, we have worship. And then for dessert, check this out. We have walking in the plans and the purposes that God has for your life. You see, Jesus Christ presents a banquet for us every day. Jesus Christ presents a table full of this things that He wants us to connect to every day. But the question is, 
Are you like the people in this story that said, actually, no, I'm too busy? Actually, maybe not today, Jesus, because I've got an internet searching the web that I've got to do. Because actually, today I've been too busy at work. Today, I've actually, you know, I'm just so tired because I had a late night. And actually, God, maybe I'll just pass on this banquet today. Maybe it's texting. Maybe, you know, it's time. We've all, we're all busy people. But you know what, friends? Jesus invites us to the table every day. Jesus invites us to come and to feast on what he has for our life every day. You see, if you want to keep the passion of life for God, then it's about feasting on what God has for you. It's about feasting on, on, on the things that God places in front of you with the table. A little bit of prayer. Feasting on the word of God. Getting alone with God and worshiping him out of a heart of intimacy with him. Every day, worshiping the, worshiping the presence of God. Every day, dwelling at his table. And you see, you can be at work and still dwell at the table that God has set for you. You can be at school and still dwell at the table that God has set for you. When you start to think, your mind is on God. Your mind is on the things of God. Your heart is talking and your mind is talking to God. And you're talking, thinking about how much you love God. You see, I was singing about that verse, and I was singing about those guys that were first invited. And I was singing about how generally you'd only invite someone that you either know or someone that you have some kind of relationship with, be it a really close one or maybe be it a little bit of a small relationship. So I was thinking about this. So obviously the man had invited these people, and I would imagine, like most of us, when we get an invite, we're actually really excited. So they'll open up the invite and they'll start to look at it and they're like, oh, wow, look at this banquet that's prepared for us. I can't believe I got invited to this party. I'm so excited, man. I can't wait. And it doesn't say how long it was, but just imagine it was a week, two weeks maybe before the party was actually ready, before the banquet was ready. And so as they started to look at the invitation, I'm picking that they would have been actually really excited and, and were looking forward to it. But you see, friends, as time went on, they didn't keep the invitation in a place where it was visible to them every day. So I'm assuming that they probably, they would have had the invitation, they would have slipped it away in a drawer or something. And then as the days went by, as the days rolled on, as the busyness of life continued to happen, they started to forget about it. They started to then start to think about the things that they had on, the, the, the pressures of life, the, the, you know, the, just hanging around watching TV. They started to lose focus. They started to lose sight of what the thing was that they were, that they were invited to. And so that when the day came, when, when the phone call came and they said, actually, you know what? The banquet, it is ready. The table is ready for you to come and for you to dwell with this awesome table that's full of such great food. Well, actually, I'd forgotten about that. Actually, I, I'd lost the passion for that thing that I had when I first saw the invite. You know, so often for us, we have a dream in our life. We have a destiny in our life. We have a purpose in our life and we get excited by it. We get hungry for it. We get inside when God speaks to us. We start to, oh yeah, God, that is awesome. Yeah, God, I'm called to go and impact my school. God, I'm called to keep my passion for you alive. God, I'm called to get things out of the word of God and we start to get really excited by it. But you see, as time goes on, because you see, God doesn't always give us and allow us to walk in what he's got for us when we think he should. You see, so many of us, we get, the, we get God speaks to us and we get excited by that and we think, God, 
All right, you've got 24 hours for us to walk in it. All right, God, you've got one week to, bring, to, to allow that plan and the purpose that you have for me to come to pass. And so we we're really excited for that one week. And then the one week goes by and we start to get sidetracked a little bit. We start to watch TV. We start to flick texts to people. We start to lose focus on what God has called us to do. Hence, we lose our passion for God. You know, I've been a kids pastor for eight years. And I'm as passionate about being a kids pastor as I was the day I started. I am as excited about doing what God has called me to do since the day that he called me to do it because I know that that's where God has placed me. You know, someone say to me, have you got any greater ambitions? You know, like to be, I don't know, a senior pastor or something like that. And I said, actually, no, I haven't. And they're actually quite shocked by that. And I said, you know why? Because this is where God's called me to be. This is what God's called me to do. Until the day he tells me differently, this is where I, what I'm excited about. This is what my vision's for. This is what I'm called to do. So this is what I'll keep my eyes focused on. And you know, I have not lost a desire for that. My wife and I, we've not lost a desire for that in the eight years. But you know, you look around. You look all around. I know Hawke's Bay and I know even Kids Ministries around New Zealand. And people go, people do it for a year, they get burnt out. People do it for two years. Oh, man, I've I've had enough of this. And they move on. You know, this happens all throughout ministries, all throughout churches. But you see why? Because they lose their passion. They lose their passion. They lose their passion for what God has called them to do. You know, friends, we have to keep our passion alive. We have to keep our hunger for alive. You know, verse 24, it says, For none of those who were first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. How many people want to taste the banquet that God's got for them? Well, then you need to receive the invitation. You need to receive when God invites you to come, when God invites you to dwell at his table, you need to receive that invitation. Because see, it's very clear, not even, no, the first people that I invited, you see, God will invite you to come and dwell at the presence of God because God is a gracious God. He will invite you again and he will invite you again and he will invite you again. But you see, friends, God won't wait around as well. You know, don't get me wrong. God will always love you. God will always have a plan and a destiny for your life. But see, if we're to keep the passion for God alive, if we want to stay passionate about what God has called us to do, about where God has placed us, then we need to continually walk and dwell at his table, dwell at the banquet. Tonight, how many of you have dwelled at the banquet of God? Tonight, how many of you have dwelled in the presence of God this week? Tonight, how many of you have dwelled and said, God, even though I'm busy, God, even though life is full of pressure, God, even though sometimes, God, I may lose focus, God, I choose to dwell at your table this morning. God, I choose to dwell at your table tonight. And you know, and as you do that, then the, then the passion will continue to stay alive. God will continue to stay focused, your focus point. And you see, the pressures won't no longer be as big as what they are. You know, so often we get so often we get so blinded by what life brings brings up against us. So often we get so blinded by the pressures of life, the struggles that we're going through, that when we turn up to church, we're not passionate about God. When we turn up to church, we haven't connected with God all week because of the because of what's in front of us. You know what, friends? Pressure will always come. Difficulties will always come. 
but they won't seem anywhere near as big as if you dwell at the banquet every day with God. They won't seem anywhere near as large. If you're not dwelling with the presence of God, if you're not dwelling at his table, then they might seem a little bigger than what they actually are. You know, I've got four keys tonight for keeping the passion alive. The first one is this, prayer. We need to pray. And we've heard it all before. We've heard the importance of prayer before. But see, I wonder actually how many have caught what has been said. I wonder how many have actually walked out and walked in when they hear people say hey, the importance of prayer, how many are actually walking in that? Because you see, friends, agreement is not obedience. When God calls us to pray every day and we say, yes, God, I know. Yes, God, I receive that. But then nothing changes. That's not obedience. Actually, actually walking in and making a change and walking in that thing that God has told you to do and called you to do, then that's what obedience is. You see, prayer in the Bible, it talks about in John 14, uh, 4 verse 14, it says, But so whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them will never thirst again. Imagine, imagine this cup here. Imagine this had a hole in it. And so here you are with life, you're walking through life and this is you. And you're trying to fulfill your desires, you're trying to fill your hurt, you're trying to fill your pain with the things of the world. Because just before that verse it talks about those who drink out of this well will thirst again. What is this well? It's the things of the world. If you want to keep your passion alive, then don't drink out of the things of the world. Because if this cup had a hole in it and I poured some water in it, what would happen? It would all come out. You see, God wants to fill your cup up. God says in that scripture that you will never thirst again. So if this is your life and you've been praying, you've been hungering after God, you've been spending time at his banquet, when I pour water into the cup, it says you'll never thirst again. So your cup will now, doesn't matter what pressure may come, doesn't matter what things may come, there is no way, there is no way that water could come back out of your life. There's no way that the Holy Ghost, because of what he's put inside of you. See, like I said, friend, it doesn't seem so big. So when you pray and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, now you're full with the passion of God. Now you're full with the excitement of God. Now you're full, filled with such an intimacy with God that when pressures come, God is still your focus point. I'm going to pour some water in here tonight. There's a Holy Spirit going into your life. You've been praying. Now pressure comes. What happens? The water doesn't come out. The Holy Spirit doesn't come out. Because you've prayed. But see, if you don't pray, if this is your life and you don't pray and you don't spend time with God, it's like you've got a hole in this cup. And the Holy Ghost and the things that God's trying to put into your life won't have the power that God has. Won't have, well, your life won't be changed, friends, because there's areas in your life because you're not dwelling with the presence of God. But when you dwell in the presence of God, when you spend time at God's table, when he pours forth the presence of God in your life, the power of God in your life, doesn't matter what pressure may come, doesn't matter what struggles may come, there, the Holy Spirit is deep within your life and you stay connected to God. The second key is this, we need to, we need to read the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God. Hebrews twelve twenty nine says this. You got a Bible? Well done. It says this, the Word of God is like a consuming fire. 
says the word of God is like a consuming fire that will ignite your life. That will change your life. Hey. Go on. You like this? That's just leaving it open too long. That's the problem with that one. That's what happens when you've got a microphone in your hand. You see, the word of God is like a consuming fire. That will ignite your life. That will surround your life. You see, I've made a purpose this year. To every night read the word. To every night consume myself with the word of God. Because you see, when you think about a fire, it starts off really small. When you think about a little flame in your house and you're not there, it starts off really small. Then what happens? It gets bigger. It gets bigger until it consumes the whole house. And there's nothing left. You see, friends, if you want areas in your life to change, if you want to keep the passion for God alive in your life, then you need to start to read the Word of God because it says that it is a fire that will consume your life. You might start to read the Word of God and you might say, but actually I don't get anything out of it. We'll continue to read it because first it will start with a little fire. First it will start with a little fire until it consumes your life. Until it consumes your life. Until you come to the point where every struggle, where every hindrance gets taken away because it can't stand the fire of God. Because it can't stand the heat of God. You know, I purpose this year to read the Bible every night because, you know, God's been speaking to me about that. God's really been speaking to me about reading the Bible and actually getting into the Bible. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, friends, just reading a, reading a chapter, closing the book and say, well, actually, I didn't get anything out of that. What I'm talking about is allowing time for God to speak. Allowing time for God to speak to your life. Allowing time for God. See, if you don't spend time and just listen and sit and listen, then God can't speak. If I had a conversation with you and did all the talking and then walked away, you can't, you didn't have a chance to speak to me. See, it's like that when we just read the Bible out of a duty. It's like that when we just read the Bible because that's what we're called to do. You know, friends, the Bible will change your life. If you read the Bible, it will change your life. It's not just a book. It's not just a book with words in it. It's actually a book with, a, with, with the power, with the authority to change your life. It's actually a book to change, to turn your finances around from poverty situation to a place where you're walking in the prosperity of God. It's actually a book that if you start to read it, that will actually change from a job situation that you don't like to now walking in a job situation that you're called to walk in, that you love. It will change from a book of, of wanting to serve God but not knowing how or what to do. Whereas you start to read it, God will start to give you ideas. God will start to speak to you. See, not only is it our manual for life, but it's also the thing that changes your life. If you sit and you dwell in the presence of God. You see, I hear this all the time. Man, I'm not a good reader. Well, you know what? I wasn't a good reader. I wasn't that great at school, but praise God that he's taken me out of that mindset to now to a place where, God, you can speak to me out of the Word of God. God, you can use this. God, it doesn't matter. Because, see, God used so often in the Bible, He used people that were uneducated. So God can speak to you. God can speak to you. God will speak to you and wants to speak to you. And the Word of God is the way that He will do that. So the first one's prayer. The second one is the Word of God. 
The third one is we have to stay connected to people. We have to stay connected to good godly people. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. When you're with your friends, what's the conversation that you talk? When you're with your Christian friends, what are you talking about? After you've been with your Christian mates, after you've been with your so-called best buddies, what is it that, how do you leave that place? You know, I spoke to our team at the start of the year and said, you know, there's such a Kiwi thing in in society today, this whole joking thing. But you know what? And people are like, oh man, but I'm only joking. Yeah, you might be, but it's still hurt. Because the Bible says there's power in the tongue. There's power in what you say. And so I challenged our team about, I don't want, even though this is the culture, even though this is the way, especially for Kiwis, that we, that we relate to people, it's all about, hey, man, I can't believe you're wearing that shirt. Oh, look at your hair. Oh, man, look. Oh, man, I can't believe you did that, man. You just look like a dog. Oh, but I'm only joking. You know, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about whenever I'm with mates, and if, they, and if it goes down that track... I never leave feeling happy about myself. I never leave out of a situation like that feeling good about my life. I never leave because the Bible says iron sharpens iron. I never leave out of a situation like that thinking to myself, man, I just have come away so excited about what God's called me to be. I've come away so passionate about what the plans and the purposes that my life, man, I've got to connect with my friend again because when I connect with them, man, I leave that place so hungry and wanting more of God. Joking around doesn't make me think that. And you know, if, if you, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Because as Kiwis, we do this so often. With Kiwis, we just, it's a part of what we say. But you see, we're called to be different than the world. We're called to be different than society. You know, we need to start speaking life into each other. You know, if you, we need to start to get around friends who will, who will, who will help us with the, th- with the plans that we have for our life. That will help us walk in the call that God has for our life. We need to start to connect to people that will start to speak life into you. That will start to call you on. That will start to believe in you. You know, if youth, you know, you guys, if your friends tear you down, if you don't leave when you're hanging out with your friends, excited about the things of God, are they really your friends? And I'm even talking about in amongst yourselves. What are your relationships like? What are your relationships like? Because you should be sharpening up each other because you get enough hassle from the world. You get enough hassle at school that you need to be sharp. You don't, you don't need it when you're hanging out with each other. You need to be starting to, to pray with each other. You need to be starting to draw out the things that God has for your life. You need to be starting to say, hey, man, what is it that you're believing for this year? Man, that is awesome, man. I want to do all I can to help you walk in it. That's what we need to start to be doing. That's what we need. To, iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. You know, all through my teenage years, I had people that I connected with. Leaders in the church that were above me. And you know, that is a big reason why I am where I am today. That is a big reason that now, you know, I, my plan for my life, the thing that I wanted to do with God is I wanted to be used by God at a young age. I wanted to be married at a young age. I wanted kids at a young age. And I wanted to go overseas and do things for God. Well, you know what? I've done all that. 
and I'm 28. And I've, I've done all those things when I was about 25. So now I've got new visions and new, 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 new plans for my life. Why? Because I stayed connected. Does that mean I had, didn't have hard times? I had hard times. I had times where I would be solidly going to the clubs for three months and hanging out with the wrong people, but then have the guys that I was connected to within church, you know, like the youth pastor and stuff and different leaders, going up to me and saying, man, what are you doing? What are you doing? We haven't seen you for ages. Come on, man. You, come on. I know you've got a destiny in God. Come on. I know God's got a plan for your life. This is not walking in the plan that God has for you. This is not walking in what God has for you. Why are you even doing that? And I was like, you're right, you know. Okay, I'm not going back there. And didn't go back there. You know, different situations like that. You know, as, 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 as an older generation, what is it that your friends are like? Who do you go to? Who do you go to? Who are you connected to that will help you walk out the things that God's called you to walk in? Or do you not have anyone? See, iron sharpens iron. We need to find people that we can connect with. We need to find people that will help us go on in the plans that God has for your life. And the last one is we must, we must be connected to a good church. And praise God that most, that most of us here are. But you see, when we're connected to a good church, we need to be committed to that church. That doesn't mean we just turn up every now and then. That doesn't mean if we've got commitments that we just go when we feel like going. Because you see, church is a place that, that, you, that you get fed. Church, you can say, oh yeah, but I'm still a Christian, but I only go to church once a month. You know what? I would challenge where your walk with God is. I would challenge it how, where your hunger with God lies. I would challenge about how passionate for the things of God, whether you're walking to what God has. Because you see, if you're not connected to a good church, if you're not being fed daily, if you tried to live and only eat once a month, you would end up looking horribly sick. Because you need to continually eat. We need to continually eat to keep our passion for God alive. And that means coming to church. That means coming to church. That means coming to, that means if you're committed to an area in the church, that means you stay committed until God tells you not to. Until God tells you to move. You know, you look at people who've left or who've said, you know, I've heard of this, I've heard of this where people say, you know, I'm just so tired, I need a break for a while. Just give me about six months, maybe, you know, break out of the ministry. Or just give me a six months where, you know, I can just kind of, I just, I just, I'm just tired. You know, I've been doing it for years and I'm just tired. You know what? That's not what you need to get the passion for God alive again. Because I don't think I've ever seen someone who has had a break walk back into what God has called them to be. Generally, when they have a break, they actually keep having a break until it's a long, until it's a continual break and they never come back. Because then other things start to take their focus. Other things start to come up in their lives. They start to, you know, just kind of, they end up not even missing what God had called them to do. You know, if you're in a ministry, if you're in an area, even if your walk with God is tired and you've lost your passion with God, you don't need a break from church. You don't need to break from what God has called you to do. What you need to do is get into the presence of God. Get into the presence of God because it's in the presence of God that your fire ignites again. It's not by taking a break. It's by getting into the presence of God when the passion for God starts to come alive. The dream that God's given you starts to come alive. That's in that place, and that means coming along 
to where you can get fed, which is on a Sunday. You know, you've got some of the, one of the, the awesomest pastors around who delivers such great messages every day, every Sunday that can totally change your life. You know, it's so important that we stay connected. It's so important. You see, whenever I'm feeling burnt out, and that happens because we are busy, then I know I need to get and dwell at the banquet again. I know that I need to, need to make it a focus point to dwell at the presence of God again for longer. I need to make it a priority. I need to make it a priority because it's in that place that the passion that will ignite again. It's in that place that the hunger for God will ignite again. Holy Ghost. You know, there are people here and, and your passion for God is, is you haven't got one. You know, as Pastor Mike's been talking over these few weeks about purpose, and you're starting to think, what is my purpose? What am I called to do? What am I called to be? You know, God has a call for every one of your life, but it's one thing to know what that call is. It's another thing to keep the hunger and the passion for that alive. We've got to keep dwelling at the table. We've got to keep our prayer life alive. We've got to keep our prayer life alive. We've got to keep the Word of God alive. You see, friends, when you pray, it's like you, it's like a decro, declaration into the Spirit. It's like, you know, the Bible says there's power in your tongue. There's power in your tongue. There's power in the words you speak. So when you pray, you speak a life over your life. You speak, you're calling your financial situations into a place of prosperity. You're calling your life into a place of greater intimacy with God. And then it's so important that we start to read the Word because that is our manual. That is the thing that will consume us. That is a thing where issues in our life, things that we've struggled with, will start to fall away. Then we need to start to be connected with our friends, with good godly friends, with good godly leaders who can help you come ahead, who can help bring you up. Then we need to start to continue to go to church and make it a priority. Make it a priority. It doesn't matter what rugby game is on. Because see, rugby, cricket, whatever it is, for all of us it's different things. You know, there's another thing you hear so often, oh, I've had such a hard week. I just don't want to, man, I'm in such a bad place, I don't want to go to church tonight. I'm in such a bad place, so there's no way I want to go to a prayer meeting. Let me ask you this, does it ever get better when you stay home? No, it probably gets worse. But when you choose, I'm going to come anyway, that's when it gets better. That's when it gets better. That's when your day, your week gets better. When you start to dwell at the banquet table, when you start to dwell and feast on the things that God places in front of you, when you start to dwell and start to say, God, here I am. God, I receive that invitation. God, I receive that invitation to come and to dwell with you, God. God, I receive it today, Lord. To the next day. God, I receive it that day. God, I receive it. And you continue to receive it. You continue to dwell at that table until it's a consistent thing, a continual thing. 